Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode covers all things entrepreneurial operating system. Our guest is an implementer of the program, which provides simple concepts and practical tools that help entrepreneurs get what they want from their businesses. In the description of this podcast and at the end of the audio, there is a special offer for our listeners, which includes a free copy of the book Traction from the EOS Library. Our conversation starts now. Okay, so my name is Jeremy Hardern and I operate as OnTrack Business Coaching. And my primary focus is to teach, facilitate and coach leadership teams on how to run their business using an operating system. And more specifically, I'm a professional EOS implementer where EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And there are approximately 400 of us worldwide, EOS implementers that is, and it's a privilege to belong to this community. Awesome, Jeremy. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. I'm a fan of the EOS system, um, and I'm looking forward to digging into this a little bit deeper. Um, kind of, I wonder if to start us off, if you can give a kind of a 10,000 foot view of kind of what this system allows a business owner or a leader to do that they may that they may be struggling something they'd be struggling with beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. So EOS helps business owners get more of what they want from their business, and and people listening might be aware of a book called Traction by Gina Whitman, which lays out all the important parts of the system. And the subtitle of Traction is Get a Grip on Your Business. And the way that we help business owners and their leadership teams do this is by giving them a complete and proven business operating system that contains simple and practical tools. And the result from this is that companies will experience three main benefits. And we call those three main benefits vision, traction, and healthy. And so let's just take those one at a time. So vision is all about getting the leaders on the same page with where the company is going and how it plans to get there. Traction is about instilling discipline and accountability into the organization so that the vision can be realized. And then healthy is about getting the leaders operating well as a cohesive, strong team rather than just a group of of talented individuals. And then once you've established vision, traction, and healthy in the leadership team and start to drive it into all areas of the business, something pretty special happens. It gets to the point where wherever you go in the organization, all 10, 50, 100 people, whatever that number is, all those people understand where the company is going, how it plans to get there, and perhaps most crucially for them, where exactly they fit into that picture. And uh, everything I talk about relating to EOS was created by Gino Whitman, and Gino calls this the the system for managing human energy, and I I can't think of a better way to summarize it than that. What comes to mind when you kind of walk me through this is, are there business types or sizes that are kind of best suited for EOS? Do you have any kind of like standard operating approach, I guess, as you look to for potential businesses to work with? Yeah, so first of all, it's, uh, it's industry independent. And, and personally, I have clients in uh, construction, home care, uh, engineering, interior design and architecture, custom home building, healthcare, e-commerce, security and risk management. Uh, I mean, it's really quite varied. Uh, but what Gino discovered was that there are fundamentally two types of companies. There's one that solves their issues as they arise. And then there's the other that lets those issues hang around and get in the way of business success. In terms of best suited, uh, we have a good rule of thumb, and that is that, first of all, uh, these are are privately held businesses in the range of 10 to 250 people. So that kind of classic definition of small, medium-sized businesses. The second one is these companies are growth-oriented. So 
they're either achieving growth, but perhaps not sure if the fundamental pieces are in place to sustain that growth, or things just aren't quite clicking or just aren't quite working as well as they used to, and they need to break through the ceiling, so to speak. Uh, the third thing we look for is that the leaders in the organization embrace the concepts of open and honest. Open meaning being open to hearing each other out and, and, and honest meaning being prepared to get it all out on the table and, and uh, just say what has to be said. And when you put these things together and then focus them as a team on the greater good of the business, then great things can happen. And so a lot of what we do is, is stimulate healthy debate to get the right decisions for the organization. You know, we're not, we're not consultants or gurus of any kind. Our goal is simply to facilitate to the best possible outcome. And then finally, we, we typically work with organizations that are, that are more afraid of standing still than they are of change. You know, they know they want more from their business and they're willing to invest the time and effort to get it. One of the things that stuck out to me reading the book was the notion of kind of like the implementer uh, visionary contrast. Is there a personality type where within a business or as a business owner where you're kind of better suited to, to come in? Um, if they're the visionary, you're the implementer, um, or do you kind of just work with businesses wherever they're at? Yeah. So, you know, maybe before we start talking about uh, visionary and, uh, and, and an integrator, it's probably best to take a step back. And a, a large part of the process is discovering what is the right structure for the organization, right? So we have this saying of structure first, people second. And then once we're clear on the structure, then we need to, and, and structure simply means getting clear on what are the right seats within the organization. And then when we talk about getting the right people into the right seats, then we start to talk about things such as, you know, does the person get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity to do that role well? And so it's not so much about the, the right types per se, but it's more about getting the right structure and then adding the right people into the right seats. And of course, identifying any gaps and where there are gaps, you know, that's fine. But then what's the plan to fill the gap? And then specifically for the visionary and the integrator, uh, you know, the, 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 the type, if you like to call it that, is that the visionary is usually the person who operates more on emotion. They're typically great at research and development. They're creative problem solvers. They have an intuitive grasp on, on the company culture. Often they're the founder. Uh, and by contrast, the integrator is, is usually the one who operates more on logic, likes to roll their sleeves up, uh, get things done from one week to the next. And so getting the right combination is, is something that Gino and his co-author Mark Winters call rocket fuel. And that's this idea of you know, that combination of liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen that propels the company forward. Another way to look at that and just bringing it all back together is that, you know, when you have the visionary, the integrator, and then the rest of the team, that's actually a little bit like puzzle pieces that just need to fit together well. So again, it's, it's not so much about types, it's more about the fit of the people who occupy those roles. Within this system, there's, I think, these six kind of key areas, and you touched on a couple of them, the vision, traction, healthy but is there a couple that stick out to you as the most important, I guess, as a business is getting involved with this program? Yeah, so, so, so just to be clear, the six key components are vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. And then each of those components contains two key tools or disciplines. And so the majority of my work is to get clients to a point where these tools are serving them and their business well. It's difficult to kind of boil it down to, to two that stand out. In fact, a lot of the value comes from the fact that these components are so complementary. You know, they integrate, they work well with each other. Uh, but I'll give you a few areas where I normally see some big benefits and breakthroughs. 
the first one is the people analyzer. So the people analyzer is something that it belongs to the people component and it ties together core values from the vision component to help you determine who are the right people in the organization. So we already talked about right seats. That's about the, the idea of getting it, wanting it, have the capacity to do your job well. And so by adding in core values, you know, adding that into the mix, it lets you construct that, that notion of right person in the right seat. So right person comes from core values, right seat comes from that structure and the get it, want it capacity. Uh, and then it's about what is the right person in the right seat look like? What does it look like for your company specifically, right? So what does it look like for your company? That's the piece that's priceless. The second tool that stands out for me is, is we have something called the Level 10 Meeting Agenda. The Level 10 Meeting is a weekly meeting pulse that connects the leadership team and, and provides them with an opportunity to solve the most pressing issues of the week. And our aim is to get meetings to be rated a 10 out of 10, and hence the name Level 10 Meeting. Uh, the third one, and, and, and this is, you know, for me personally, I'm a bit of a process guy, so I like this one, uh, something called the three-step process documenter. You know, process is all about doing business the right and best way every single time. And that's about coming up with a handful of core processes that are absolutely essential for your business. Again, the emphasis on your business. And so assigning ownership for them, simplifying them, documenting them, and then making sure that all of those processes are followed by all, that's really the, the, the key takeaway that we get from that tool. We actually have something called the followed by all checklist, and it's incredibly valuable. You know, so first of all, once you have your process book pulled together, you know, train anyone who touches parts of the process, train them on the whole process so they understand where they fit into it. Start to think about measurements. So, you know, measurements for compliance, measurements for results. Uh, use those processes to manage and set expectations. And then finally, when things do change, as they inevitably will, you know, having that discipline to go back to the process book and make the necessary updates. And then if necessary, you know, retrain people again. So it's a bit of a, a virtuous cycle that, uh, that continues there and gets everybody focused on the right processes. And that is the, you know, the right way of doing business, the right and best way every single time. Yeah. Well, it's so great to hear too, that just everything kind of works together because I think when you, sometimes new systems can be overwhelming, but there's a kind of logical way to move through this program, which I think is so special. Can you walk me through kind of what it looks like when you start to get involved with uh, your clients or a business implementing this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it is very logical. It's, uh, we, we actually have something called the EOS proven process. And so just as we encourage our clients to have a proven process that lays out how everything works for their, for their clients, we have the same thing. And so for us, everything starts with a 90-minute meeting. The goal of this meeting is to give, give the leadership team everything they need to know to determine whether this is the right thing for them. If they choose to move forward, then the next step is to do a focus day. And in that focus day, we actually teach four of the five fundamental tools in EOS. The first one is we build that accountability chart. So that's the structure that I was telling you about. That's getting clear on the right seats and the right people in the right seats. The second thing we do is we set rocks. So rocks, uh, you know, is, is identifying what are the big things that we need to get done in the next 60 to 90 days. Uh, we then teach the meeting pulse, which is that level 10 meeting agenda that I mentioned a few minutes ago. And then we also build a scorecard for the organization. And the scorecard is the thing that gives you the, the, the weekly pulse of how the business is doing from a numbers perspective. It, it, it kind of takes the gut, gut feel away from how the business is doing and actually puts it to the data. So that's the focus day. When we come back uh, 30 to 45 days later, we, we, we go into something called vision building day one. 
And the first thing we do in vision building day one is we actually make sure that all those focus tools are working well. And if we need to make any tweaks or changes, we do that then. We then start to build out the vision for the organization and we capture that in something that we call the vision traction organizer. So getting clear on the vision, that's you know core values, core focus, what's our 10-year target. After that, again, 30 to 45 days apart, we have vision building day two, where we complete the vision traction organizer and start to build a plan around that vision. So we talk about things like the marketing strategy. Uh, we put together a three-year picture that really kind of gets, gets clear in everyone's mind what the organization could look like three years from now. After that, we move into what we call uh, the 90-day world or, or quarterly pulsing, and that consists of quarterly one-day meetings and a two-day annual meeting. And the quarterlies focus on creating that 90-day world in which priorities are absolutely crystal clear and each team member leaves being absolutely clear on what they're accountable for. And the annual adds some valuable team health aspects into that as well and, and really sets the company up for with a clear plan for the coming year, amongst other things. So that's the process. And then that 90-day world, that, that persists for however long an, an organization wants to use an implementer. And, and you know, typically, that'll be a couple of years, but could be longer, depending on the needs of the individual organization. Yeah, well, it's so great to hear to hear that. I personally, a little bit of an A-type personality, love the structure of it. Um, I'm wondering if you have a couple of examples of kind of a before and after uh, working with EOS and yourself. Yeah, so, you know, I'd start, I think, by, by just saying that there are two general comments that I hear a lot. And the first one is, uh, you know, some form of, you know, oh, oh, my God, I can't believe we've never carved out the time to do this kind of stuff, where, where stuff is defined as, as getting clear on structure, building that vision, you know, building the plan to achieve it. And, and the organization simply haven't afforded themselves the, the opportunity to gain that clarity, or they've tried it, but they haven't use the facilitator. And so, you know, they, they maybe haven't had the, the best outcomes from, from, from the use of that time. The second thing I hear a lot is, uh, you know, and as, as we start to get into the 90-day world, the quarterly pulsing, and they're starting to reflect on the quarterly progress that's being made, you know, I hear that things like, you know, the team is more together, we're communicating better, uh, there's more accountability, we're more on the same page. And, you know, while some team members might be expecting some kind of individual breakthrough moment, often it's just a series of, of small to medium wins that, to the compound over time. Um, I think for specific examples, um, you know, one, well, two that spring to mind. The, the first one is a company that I've been working with that had a marketing strategy that, that was aimed at their end user. But often, you know, thinking about it more deeply, often their success came from the relationships that they had with larger firms in their industry who would bring them along as a subcontractor. And so, you know, very basic exercises like debating the, the demographic, geographic, and psychographic elements of your target market can lead to some significant improvements and some breakthroughs. Uh, another example was a, an engineering company that had two quite distinct areas of their business, one that provides large industrial systems and another one that makes small batch precision parts. And after digging deep into, you know, why do they exist? What's their focus? What's their niche? What's their purpose, cause, and passion? What we discovered was that uh, these two parts of, this, of, of the business share a common purpose, and that is workplace safety solutions. So making their, their client's workplace a safer place, a safer place to work. Uh, and that's gone a long way to united, uniting the organization and, and getting everyone on the same page, regardless of, of which part of the business they're working in. 
what sticks out to me anyways, in that conversation is you really get to know your clients and have a super deep understanding of who they are. And it allows you to prescribe things um, with a fresh viewpoint that they're typically not going to pick up on their own. So love to hear that. I want to ask a little bit about your personal background and just kind of the, a couple of the steps in your career that led you to getting involved with EOS. Yeah. So, you know, early on, my, my career was focused on uh, working on large technology and business change programs. Um, I did that for the first four or five years of my career, and I ended up running a team responsible for all the non-financial reporting across a very, very large enterprise system replacement. Um, you know, like, like a lot of young people, you, you think you know everything. And so I decided to, to go out and be a freelance consultant, a solopreneur, if you like. Uh, so I started my own company. Um, I was focused on uh, identifying organizations that were running large projects and then going in and setting up capabilities like uh, project office, uh, training and coaching project managers on all aspects of project management, but with a specific focus on you know, planning tools, managing project risk, reporting progress and results. Um, and I was heavily into the structure, the process, and, and you know, ultimately it was all about getting the right things done in the right way. When I moved to Canada in 2004, uh, I worked as a software consultant. And after a couple of years of doing that, I decided to get back into you know, working for myself. But I actually got hired onto the executive team of my first ever client in Canada. And they were, they were a, a successful post-startup, if you like, but you know, still early enough in their, uh, in their development cycle that, that I was able to make a difference from a system and process perspective. Uh, I became a shareholder in the organization. I took on technology uh, responsibilities as the company expanded internationally, which was 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 a huge challenge and and you know very gratifying. Uh, and I then took on operations as we optimized, increased profitability, and prepared for sale. And so it was a very challenging and rewarding seven years, but also just a little frustrating for me because you know a lot of what I'd learned early in my career working on those large structured uh, methodologies just didn't scale down well into the smaller, more entrepreneurial environments. Um, after we sold and I, I completed my merger obligations, I moved on and the next company that I, I, I worked with was similarly fast growing, uh, but but we had the good fortune of being introduced to EOS. And we followed the process, we embraced the tools, and we saw great results. And that was the point where I kind of realized that you know that's what I'd been trying to build, and you know somebody had already built it, and and we're thankful for it. Was there anything in particular that drew you to EOS? You kind of mentioned. I wouldn't, I think dumbing down is probably the wrong word, but um, scaling down, yeah, scaling down, ex- making it more accessible, that kind of a thing. It, can you elaborate on that? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a common story that we hear amongst EOS implementers and that is that they have this kind of light bulb moment where they realize that what they'd been trying to build already existed, you know, and as leaders and managers, we, we often create uh, human systems to deliver on the needs of the business. And in some cases, these can be impressive, but with EOS, what, you, what you're getting there is a, is a proven system that contains all the simple and practical tools that you could need. It's, it's ready to roll. And when I say simple, that doesn't mean easy, but well worth the effort to implement. And then for me personally, I was at the stage in my career where I wanted to get a little bit more variety. I wanted to leverage my skills and experiences across a wider range of opportunities. 
uh, which is also what drew me into the early consulting businesses as well. Um, and I truly have a passion for helping people, uh, helping them get more from their business. And, and this gives me a tremendous opportunity to do so. I also love facilitation. Uh, I find that facilitation is just a never-ending journey towards mastery. You never quite get there, but it just keeps everything fresh and exciting. And, and I like that a lot. Very cool. Um, I'm wondering if you can tell me if there's anything kind of coming up uh, with yourself in, in EOS in the next three to six months. Yeah. So first of all, you know, I don't speak officially for EOS worldwide, although obviously I'm, I'm affiliated with them. But but from my personal perspective, I'm very excited about three things. So the first thing is they've just completed a, an amazing rebrand. Uh, and one of the things I often find about rebrands is you don't realize it's needed until you see the next iteration of it. And, and in this case, it's, it's quite something. So that's very exciting. Uh, second thing is something called Rocket Fuel University. And that's a collection of resources that can really help you understand and energize that visionary integrator relationship that we talked about earlier. The third thing is Gina Whitman's latest book that's called The EOS Life. Uh, and that's a companion book to Traction, part of the Traction Library. And in it, he describes how to use some of the EOS tools in your personal life. And it's it's very insightful as a standalone book as well. You know, you have to have read Traction to, to, get, to get a lot from it. It just gives you some very interesting insights into work-life balance and what can be achieved and what, and what Gino's achieved. Uh, there's a great little mini book at the end that has uh, 10, you know, key disciplines that, that he's used. And uh, yeah, it's, it's incredibly valuable. So I've just uh, finished reading it and it's, it's been excellent. Awesome. And then for me personally, and for my business, uh, you know, the first thing is I'm just happy to be kind of getting out and meeting more people in person. Uh, obviously, with what we've been through, that hasn't happened a lot. I actually continue to do a lot of my sessions in person, but just in, in large venues, you know, obviously wearing masks and things. And I'd rather meet face to face with a mask on than stare at the screen for the whole day. And, and thankfully, my clients felt the same way. Uh, but just now, you know, people are a little bit more comfortable getting out for coffee, for lunches, for events. Uh, I was at a great outdoor event uh, a few weeks ago with the, the Board of Trade in Vancouver. So it really feels like things like that are coming back. Uh, also, this time of year is important because a lot of companies are deciding what they want to get from 2022. You know, if they run on a calendar financial year, then now is a great time to start thinking about things like getting more from your business and laying out that strong uh, one-year plan. Um, and so it's good to to meet with uh, with business owners face to face to explore those opportunities. I think the second thing that I'm excited about right now is I, I actually do some work with uh, the Board of Trades. I recently joined their advisory committee for a program which is called the Scale Up Center for Small and Medium Sized Businesses, uh, and that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to doing more with them in the future. Uh, and then I also mentor through something called the Prince's Trust Operation Entrepreneur Program. And that's a program that's specifically for uh, ex-military personnel who opt to start their own business after their service ends. Uh, and so I've already uh, mentored uh, one young lady, and I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, getting involved in another mentor relationship in the next few months. Awesome. Well, very cool to hear about uh, how much you're giving back there. I'm wondering, is there, I've got four final uh, quick questions to ask you that we ask each interviewee, but before we jump in, is there anything that I've missed uh, that are, or haven't asked you that you wanted to cover? Yeah, so, you know, just going back to um, the, the, the process that I talked about earlier, um, you know, I talked about it as typically a two-year thing. 
I just want to point out that our, our goal is not to make any company dependent on us at all. In fact, you know, couldn't be further from the truth. What, what we're trying to do is, is set the organization up so that they can then get into that uh, quarterly pulsing execution mode of, of, of running the business. And it just so happens that some organizations uh, continue to use a facilitator, continue to use an implementer to do that. And then others uh, essentially graduate, get to the point where they can do that on their own. And so that that process is intended to continue in perpetuity. Uh, and we just help them get there. We 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 give them the the training that they need to be able to use these tools without us. If they choose to to continue to use us, then that's great. But it's uh, it's definitely not uh, a necessary element. And I don't think I made that one hundred percent clear. So just wanted to tidy that one up. Yeah, no, no, that I do appreciate that. Um, and you mentioned too, I believe there was something about a book, uh, a book offer, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the other thing is, you know, this, this, this traction book that I was talking about earlier, it, it actually just sold its millionth copy. Um, and it currently ranks number one in, in three different Amazon categories. And this, this blows me away every time I see it. It's 460th overall, right? And that's incredible given that Amazon sells approximately 33 million unique titles. So to be 460th means that that book is getting into a lot of hands, uh, and if anyone's interested, I'd be happy to send them a complimentary copy. Uh, if they're business owners or leadership team members, I, you know, I, there's a good chance it'll change your life. Uh, if you're just genuinely interested in business, then it's a really uh, interesting read. So, you know, reach out to me, find me on LinkedIn or send me an email, uh, and I'd be more than happy to, to send a copy complimentary to anyone who's interested. Awesome, General. Well, that's a great offer. And I will include the, your email address uh, in the description uh, of this podcast for, for easy access there. Um, jumping to the end here, we've got four quick questions that we ask each person who's interviewed. Is there a favorite book outside of the Traction Library or a podcast that, uh, that, uh, that really sticks out to you? Yeah, so I think for, for podcasts, uh, I mean, I have a few podcasts that are in the, the current rotation, but the, the one that I never miss is, is Making Sense by Sam Harris. Uh, it's, it's not about business, although he does interview a lot of business people along the way. And his, his background is in neuroscience and moral philosophy. And I can't say I know a whole lot about either, but he brings those two together. And it's a pretty potent combination for analyzing uh, the world in which we live today. And I, I find it quite fascinating. So that's Making Sense by Sam Harris. Awesome. Best personal advice that you received? Uh, that's a tough one. You know, a lot of the best advice actually comes in the form of of experience shares, you know, offered up in, in good faith rather than someone saying, you should try this. But one thing that, that stuck with me and I've put it into use many times over is this very short piece of advice, which is hire tough and manage easy. And I'm just naturally a kind of measure twice, cut once kind of guy. I'm a, I'm a high fact finder, if you like. Um, and where I find this really pays off is in the area of, of hiring. And so you know, doing your due diligence and the selection process is probably one of the best returns on investment that a, that a manager and leader can have. Now, I get that these days hiring is, is tough in itself. But you know, all I'm saying here is that when you have an opportunity hiring the right person will let you manage them easy. It'll essentially, if you have the right person, they manage themselves, right? It's just a case of, you know, you're creating an opening for them. You're there to help them, give them the tools they need, the resources they need. But if you hire the right person, if you hire tough, 
managing them is just a whole lot easier. So that's the one that I think probably stuck with me the most over the years. App or piece of software that you cannot live without? Can't live without. Well, you know, I use some great web apps, but I think having the the full desktop version of Microsoft Office 365 is is probably still key to my productivity. And uh, you know, now that I think about it, I think I've been using Office for close to 30 years, and still probably only using 10 to 15 percent of the functionality, if that. But I I, I love that, and you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in it. And uh, so I'd have to say Office 365. Awesome. And the very last one for you, is there a favorite restaurant or eatery or kind of spot that you really like in British Columbia? Yeah. I mean, for restaurant, to be honest, I, I, I don't really have a favorite restaurant. I tend to go buy memorable meals and I also have really, really simple tastes, right? A place with a good beer selection uh, and a place that's able to get kids meals out in about 10 to 15 minutes. I'm pretty happy. And the reason I say that is because have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and when they are hungry they're just not great dinner company so that's an important thing but um i also live in port moody and, and in terms of overall places to hang out i mean we have the famous brewers row which has i think five breweries and, and a distillery all within half a mile and that's pretty cool for a city of thirty-five thousand people so i'd have to say that's that's probably my favorite spot right now Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. If you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.